0: The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the eat this podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. from her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Philipson.
1: Usually when there's a part one, you know about it, but this time letting you know that last week's episode, 37, was part one. uh, That heads up is late to the party.
0: It was part (laughs) one? I'm I'm sorry. I missed that memo. What happened? We had a part one. This is part two? Is that what this is? (laughs)
1: Well, that's kind of what i'm trying to say because i didn't realize that i was going to do this again last week because we don't always plan that far ahead that's true um but you know it doesn't really matter because if you don't have warts or cracked heels or canker sores also known as mouth ulcers or those painful cracks in the corners of your mouth and you need to know what all those deficiencies correlate to but now that you know that this is part two and what was in part one know that you can head back to episode 37 and then you can hear all about that so in the last episode we dealt with the north and south parts of the body this time why don't we delve into the middle section of your body i'm talking about burning i'm talking about bloating i'm talking about belching burping and bumps See what I did there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Someone got a dictionary!
1: (laughs) No, you know what, that just flowed right out of my fingers onto my page. It did. It did. Very poetic. I know. That's what we're going to talk about today. Last week, as I said, I talked about deficiencies to do with all about your mouth and your feet. And in this episode, we're going to talk about your belly and about those bumps that you can feel sometimes on the back of your arms. Maybe they're on your legs or a little bit on your abdomen or on your bottom. Because believe it or not, there are all nutrition deficiencies that are associated with all of them. I'm going to say this, for anyone whose first experience is this episode right here, right now, please let me introduce to you Chris, my genius technical producer, who often stops me in my tracks to ask questions that he, and therefore most of you, need clarity on. So when he jumps on and you hear his voice out of the blue and you think, hang on a minute, I thought I was just going (laughs) to listen to Leanne you'll know who he is and you'll know you'll know
0: he's confused and there's something he does not understand
1: honestly he is your conscience isn't the right word but he's in your corner when it comes to this because i honestly think whenever something doesn't land for chris and he asks me for clarity it takes me out of what i know to be called my zone of genius (laughs) and just help me to explain it better so that you understand right Right. You beautiful genius. (laughs) I like that. That frees me of my worries. So, well. Yes, I'm still in my closet studio and i got to tell you, I've upgraded to fitting a little desk in my studio, wow. <laughs> my little studio. I can't get any clothes out of here at all, but um, <laughs> but, but I got a little desk anyway, so I'm feeling like, you know, I've got a little bit more of a studio going on. And Chris, well, he's got a light on now in, in his studio bathroom where this is the past few weeks. Well, I don't know. Have you got your light bulb there now?
0: I ended up having to go get the spotlight back. I had a, I had a, okay. like a very big halogen light in here, and I just felt it was a little too much. So I got a okay. beautiful little desk lamp. Now, I made okay. the mistake of getting it from the dollar store. And oh. so when I put some batteries in it, it had the illumination of a firefly. So you could barely see ah. anything in my studio. So I had okay. to get rid of that, and we brought the big bulging halogen back in so you you can see my beautiful face
1: well i can yes because all the listeners are like where are you seeing him because i can't (laughs) so please know that part of our process is that we do this recording on zoom so Chris and I are interacting just like we used to, well, kind of, in the studio where Chris would make faces at me when he didn't understand <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, which helps me tremendously to, to hopefully deliver so much more to you guys, so much more value and so much understanding. I just wanted to say that off the top because Chris is a huge part of this podcast, even though I'm bringing the nutrition information. He, what he manages and everything that he puts together with all the incredible bells and whistles, he's as much of this podcast as I am so there we go all right so I feel like that was kind of what presenters start their talks with you know that housekeeping that they kind of do well let's move on to some internal housekeeping and today on eat this with Leanne let's get into those uncomfortable and sometimes embarrassing symptoms that happen either from your belly or are on your skin Let's start with the second step of digestion that happens in your stomach. The first step, of course, being in your mouth with saliva and your teeth. I find myself regularly reminding my clients that your stomach does not have teeth. (laughs) So think about that one for a minute. If you stopped and really chewed your food until it's a puree, What could the rest of your digestive journey look like? Okay, moving on, let's get to the stomach. This is where food goes once you've mashed it, once you've torn it, once you've pulverized it with your teeth. And when all is not well, you can experience something like acid reflux or heartburn. And that for a lot of people can keep you up at night or maybe sleeping on like a mound of pillows so that you can try and get a bit of shut eye that acidity, that hot burning sensation can really be linked to what's called a hiatal hernia. Sometimes it happens during pregnancy. Sometimes that can happen if you're overweight or you're obese and of course, just from smoking. But other causes can also be from eating too close to bedtime or ingesting a high fat foods. Well, any high fat foods or just a high fat meal, caffeine, alcohol, which is most often Red wine, carbonated or bubbly drinks, and even chocolate. Did I just list last night's dinner? Well, I feel for you.
0: Wait, but you said hernia. I you say hernia. I think physical issue. You you hmm. I are mean, you're, you're not talking about an actual twist or tie in a muscle of any sort, which is when I is what I think of when you say her- hernia.
1: You mean yeah. just the actual acid reflux no so there's a couple of situations so sometimes people just end up with that hot burning feeling right where you just wish you could you know i don't know slap yogurt on or or something you yeah. know like when you get when you when you eat something spicy and you just want something to cool it down
0: right a nice but, big whole glass of milk is the first thing that comes to mind right
1: that's right that's it so a hiatus hernia or hiatal hernia is actually when your esophagus, which is the tube yeah. where your food goes down, actually uh, pops out. It's like it um. What is it that you can put your thumbs in and turn inside out? I'm kind of thinking of like some sort of silicone dome and you you turn it in, you turn it inside out, and basically the tissue of your esophagus is then into uh into part of your what feels like your throat. When that happens, that's this, the hernia like, that's the hernia oh, okay. is because the tissue that actually secretes a lot of acidity needs to be contained and you actually also have a flap that keeps you know that keeps think of like a smokestack having yep. a having a flap that goes down well we've got one of those just at the top of the esophagus yep. and sometimes that's either super lazy or it's just off because of this flipped out tissue which then you feel and you're like whoa can somebody please just put that fire out
0: this is science
1: so that's what a hiatus is hiatal hernia um, is. You'll often have like a something put, you know, a little scope put down your throat to diagnose that. But it's very common during pregnancy because basically your stomach ends up like a pancake. Ooh, sounds fun. In in overweight people, obviously, again, if there's too much fat in that area, it's also putting a lot of pressure on that. So most people will be on some sort of medication um, in that situation because of the acid that you feel there. Make sense?
0: Yes, makes absolute sense.
1: So your stomach, it has a bunch of liquid in it called stomach acid, or more specifically, it's called hydrochloric acid or HCL. It's extremely important because it's needed for proper digestion of all the proteins that we eat. When foods are not digested properly, it can lead to a whole range of unwanted symptoms like reflux or heartburn, but also it can cause bloating, cramping, or gas. Proper digestion and stomach acid is also needed for efficient absorption, well, breakdown and then absorption of of really important nutrients like iron, calcium and vitamin B12. Without good levels of these, a host of issues can emerge like anemia or tiredness, which comes from anemia, weak bones, osteoporosis, and even heart disease. Also, this stomach acid is a defense against potentially harmful microorganisms that cause infection and also bacteria like salmonella, listeria, E. coli, and all those guys, they cause that food poisoning. So without enough of this, you're far more at risk of getting sick. If there isn't enough of this acid to break down your recent mouthfuls, it can also cause partially digested food to just sit there in your stomach for way longer than it should. And while you might think, well, okay, that's okay, because I'm still digesting it, so I'm going to stay fuller for longer, it can actually cause your food to ferment a little bit like smelly garbage and produces gas, resulting in a a whole other array of symptoms. And yes, you guessed it, like bloating and gassiness.
0: (laughs) You call it symptoms. I call it room clearing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Funnily enough, I'm gonna come on to that. My
0: my dogs ferment a lot. They they do a lot of fermenting.
1: <laughs> oh yeah? You blame the dog, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know you're tight. (laughs) Okay, so just like I said before about the esophagus, just above your stomach, that tube that your food travels down to get there, that's your esophagus. Well, most people think that heartburn, so your typical heartburn, not the hiatal hernia that we just talked about, but that typical heartburn and that burning sensation that you think, oh my God, I've got far too much acid. I've got to put that fire out. It's actually more common that you don't have enough. The specific B vitamin called B6 and the mineral zinc, they're needed to make this stomach acid. So if you've got deficiencies in one or both of these, it can be at the root of all of this. And of course, if you don't have enough stomach acid to digest your zinc-rich oysters or your asparagus or your B-vitamin-rich brown rice, then it's a vicious circle where you're not digesting enough of the vitamins and minerals that you need to make the stomach acid in the first place. So there are a few home tests that you can do to see if you're suffering with too much acid or not enough. Now, I'm going to add in a side note here that too much acid is most common if you have an infection called Helicobacter pylori or H. pylori, that's responsible for stomach ulcers. Say that three times yeah. After a few drinks. Nope, <laughs> no.
0: nope, that's your job.
1: <laughs> if if you've suffered with this, then you know what I'm talking about here. So of course, please speak with your doctor uh, for a specific diagnosis, uh, and so that you know what's going on from a medical perspective. The most interesting home test that I love is if you see pink pee after you've eaten beets. Now, beets are a food that I love and recommend that everybody eat because it's kind of like one of the unsung heroes out there. Yeah, it's like
0: a superfood.
1: It is a superfood and most specifically for men. Well, I'll do a whole episode on that (laughs) uh, another time. Okay, so the two must correlate eating beets and having pink pee Because if there's a discoloration in your urine at any other time, please go and talk to your doctor. Sometimes it can look like you're maybe peeing blood, which you don't want. But if you've just had beets because of that intense red and pink color are in the beets, and if you don't have enough stomach acid to break it down, you can, not always, you can pee pink. Now, this is not a slam dunk situation, but a lot of the times when I'm talking to people or first talking to clients and they have the acidity going on, I'll just say, do you ever pee pink? And then they look at me and say, sorry, (laughs) have you, when was the last time you ate beets? And if you have or have not, could you please go and eat some beets and let's see if that affects the color of your, of your urine? So it's just an indicator really um, that you're lacking in the enzymes and especially in this HCL or hydrochloric acid. Another one is if you drink a glass of dilute vinegar, some people are steadfast and they say it has to be apple cider vinegar and others just say standard white vinegar Mix it like a tablespoon of that with a little bit of water and drink it when you feel heartburn adding acid To this situation seems totally counterintuitive, and I know you're likely thinking that I've totally lost it. However, if you feel better after you've had this vinegar drink, you're adding acid to it, which means that it could be a sign that you need more acid and that those handfuls of, of antacids that you keep on chugging down aren't actually helping. So people who have to take Zantac all the time or some other kind of prescription medication, they could totally change things up. If you're thinking, I'm not really sure if this is working, of course, talk to your doctor. They're going to look at you sideways if you say, Leanne just said something about pink pee. So, you know, tell your doctor that or don't, that's up to you. I'll leave, I'll leave that one for you. But really, if we deal with the deficiencies first, then you can see what's left over afterwards. On leannephillipson.com, where I put all these show notes, I have a protocol that I recommend for you if you're in this situation and it includes not only a digestive enzyme with the hydrochloric acid, so it's giving you more acid to try and digest the food if you don't have enough, also a B-complex, and alk- my alka which in, which has zinc in it. So you're going to get that B6 and that zinc to help you to create the enzymes in the first place. And of course, my Bio boost probiotic because, well, you know, your gut needs it. Yeah, that's real
0: smart. Thanks for listening to the Eat This with Leanne podcast. Now more with Leanne Phillipson.
1: All right, let's move on to belching or burping. All
0: right. I'm, All right. I'm here, I'm with you What uh, do you want to know? <laughs>
1: have you Have you ever thought of your burps as mouth farts? <laughs> uh, no, but I, from now on I will <laughs> Alright, you're welcome There's a whole new one to like just bring out at the table Okay, <laughs> sorry about that mouth fart I really apologize, that was very rude of me
0: Oh, my kids are going to love that
1: I bet they are the most commonly talked about issue here is that you're swallowing extra air as you drink. So if you inhale your meal and you just drink too fast, or maybe you talk while you eat, you're chewing gum, you're sucking on hard candies, you're drinking carbonated beverages, or you smoke, air gets into your stomach and yeah, it needs to come back out. It's usually via your mouth. That is so rude. There are associations with peptic ulcers. In this situation, celiac disease. So maybe even a food intolerance to gluten, dairy. Some people suffer with this with chocolate. But as with the acid reflux and the stomach acid that I just talked about, if your last meal sits in your stomach fermenting rather than being digested, it's going to create gas or air and it needs a way out. So for instance, whenever I eat meat, I'm likely to burp. So my kids look at me, they're appalled. They're like, mom, what? Oh God. Funnily enough for me, it's wheat. Wheat. So I don't know that it happens with all gluten because I haven't really nailed it down to that. But I know that if I sit there and I have some wheat, then I'm likely going to burp. And it just seems to happen. I've, I've nailed it down or I've narrowed it down to that situation. Every now and then, and, and more lately actually, because of some belly stuff that I've had going on, I've been taking an enzyme to help me digest everything Actually, it's the hypozymes, the one that I recommend on LeannePhilipson.com. So it hasn't been so bad lately. I don't really eat a lot of bread, but my daughter keeps baking stuff. So, you know, I, I do tuck in every now and then there. So I will feel it. I'll think, oh, I just burped, which means that, yeah, what did I do? I just had some wheat. So you, sometimes you can, you can nail it down. Maybe you're burping after you eat uh, a particularly fatty food. And that means that your lipase or your fat digesting enzymes that get pumped out from your gallbladder, well, they're not doing a good enough job. So again, all of this comes back to having enough nutrients to make the bile or to make the hydrochloric acid to be able to digest your food. Vitamins and minerals, they are essential for this foundation. So a similar protocol to what I recommended for heartburn would also work here vitamin c that has the zinc in it that we need for the hydrochloric acid the vitamin b complex which has that b6 in it and then it's also going to give you some b12 just in case you're low in that as well and the bio boost because again we all need those probiotics and the enzyme hypozymase. and those are all available on sproutright.com through links on the you can go to either All right, let's move on to bloating and gassiness. Ooh, sounds fun. Well, they go hand in hand because that gas or air that's in your distended, pregnant-feeling belly, well, that needs to come out too, but it's a little lower (laughs) in your digestive tract, right? So it's not necessarily sort of above the belly button. It's a little lower than that. And when I talk to clients and they say, oh, I'm so bloated and I'm gassy, I am really specific in saying, where is it? Is it your stomach? You know, in a woman, is it just under her breasts? Is that where she's feeling it? Or, you know, right above your belly button? Or is it below? Because that really tells you a lot too. Is it in your intestines or is it more in your stomach, which is above your belly button? And, um, well, you know, that gas that does need to come out? Well, it will at some point in time. Maybe it's if you're in an elevator with someone that that you don't know.
0: It was me!
1: (laughs) <laughs> or as you're standing in the line for a coffee even though you're distanced now and well, you probably have your mask on so that might be filtering a little bit of it out
0: Oh no, when there, you- there <laughs> is not a, an N95 mask out there that would filter mine, forget it No, you'd have to have a full hazmat suit to fend oh, off anything God. I send your way
1: <laughs> Okay, well you're going to love what I've got coming up for you then <laughs> Well, actually your family's going to love it not so much you too wait a minute let me go get them they should be here for this part they should yeah well you can play it for them after you know that right just open up that bathroom door and say come on gather around uh-huh and then also what about if you're in a traveling in a car with people you'd kind of rather not have to ask to roll the windows down my favorite time ever it's like christmas (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, give the windows out. Because you, cause you know, there's just like that little bubble of gas that you're trying so hard to hold on to. And then it just sort of slips out and you think, okay, that's going to stop my belly from feeling like it's about to like just explode. And then, of course, something you can't get away from it because it smells like something's died in your belly. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yes, yes. embarrassing. Yes. But for me, when I smell it know about it people tell me about it and you're as you're telling me about it it's more concerning so please uh please know that your toots and your farts whatever you want to call them They're not necessarily going to smell like roses, but the smellier the gas is, the more it tells me that you've got some undigested food, some bacteria, some parasites, some fungus, and some other unwanted microorganisms in there, and it's not good. Oh, isn't that awful? I'll say here that there are medical issues around all of these symptoms, and what I'm talking about here is what I see with my clients and how I, the nutritionist, deal with it outside the situation of needing any medical attention. So gas is produced as undigested food sits in your stomach and also as it makes its way through the whole mess of intestines that's in your abdomen. The gut bacteria, or what's also known as microbiome of good and bad bacteria, well, they work away at it. They have a go at it. They help it digest. And any bad guys that are hanging around in there, well, they have a bit of a field day and they proliferate. As they go. So as in they make more yeast, they make more fungus or the parasites, they make more of each other, which is not great. So here the deficiency that can happen further up if you're not digesting your meal that I've talked about in burping and heartburn, but here the deficiency is not having enough good bacteria. So just suggesting probiotics is my number one recommendation for anyone with any bloating or gassiness and 99% of the time it helps in some way. I'm working with someone right now who's experienced some improvement by taking a probiotic, not a drastic leap into absolutely no bloat or gas, but all she did was take a probiotic, one that I recommended. She already actually had one at home that she had taken. And because all probiotics are different, the quality, the numbers, they Mm -hmm. all make a difference. So the one that I recommended for her, she did absolutely see a difference in that professional product versus what she had at home that she just you know,
0: bought somewhere. There's kind of a buzz thing right now is this probiotic, uh, because that's the confusing part is the numbers, uh, you know, 5 billion, 8 trillion, 28 million. I mean, it it all seems like a massive number. There is something in the quality, right? It's without a doubt. Yeah. So that's the confusing part is that, do I go out and just buy a stack of yogurt or no. should I be going to the aisle where the the, the vitamins and minerals are? And then when right. I'm there, what am I looking for?
1: Yeah, this is actually not an easy one to navigate on your own. And perhaps I've, I've been putting off an episode on probiotics for such a long time because I actually have more difficulty figuring out how to make it small enough to fit into one episode (laughs) because this is such a huge topic but I will do it I promise I will do it because now that Chris has said that I know that you guys need to know and I'll just have to figure out how to make it really simple but please know that as you navigate the aisles of the supermarket that is not the best place to buy any vitamins let alone a probiotic Um, the quality is not there. And when you spend maybe $10 more and have a professional product or something that's recommended for your specific issue and it works, you've just saved yourself probably like 150 bucks on something else that you've picked up and you think, Oh yeah, she, she said probiotics. So let me try it. Okay. So back to my, my, uh, my client that I've been working with. So, like I said, she tried the probiotic that I recommended for her and you know, 99% of the time it helps. She didn't really change anything with her, uh, with her diet. Yes. She took a little bit of, uh, she actually took the raw food out of her diet. She was eating a lot of salads and which you think, Oh yeah, that's the meal of champions to have all of this stuff, but it's not always the case. So in her case, she didn't put any extra nutrients in. I didn't give her anything like olive leaf or black walnut, which are really useful for killing off that fungus, that bad bacteria, that E. coli, the, you know, the salmonella or whatever. There's certain herbs which do a great job of dealing with that or any other bad microbes. Um, she also did not take an enzyme, but she felt a little bit better with this probiotic, taking that raw food out, she started to check out what how much sugar she was having and her alcohol, but she did not eliminate it altogether. So what you eat, how much you chew your food, how fast you eat and drink, they all plays a part here. Food sensitivities, eating too much sugar and refined foods that are really lacking in fiber must be addressed. And while we might think that eating all that raw salad, those carrots and the, that hummus, which you know also has, uh, well, they all come from a legume and a lot of people have difficulty digesting that way. You think, oh, I'm just having something really super healthy here. It can be super hard to digest if you don't have those enzymes to break it all down into those absorbable nutrients and fiber that ends up you know, fiber's so important it carries all the waste out of your body so it has to be there. That gassiness while eating raw food, in my experience, is due to too much fungus or candida, which typically happens after taking antibiotics, no matter when it was in your life. And even if your mom took a lot at any time in her life, it can be passed from mom to baby during childbirth. So we have to look at that, too. There's so much that I could keep on talking about here and just turn this into another like hour or two podcast, but I'm just going to try and keep it a little bit brief. But please know that for whatever reason, I don't know why, but there's just in my practice over the years, well, I graduated in 1999. So since the beginning, I've always been fascinated by the gut, by what happens in our digestive system, because I just think that... Yes, you could have the healthiest diet all the time. And if you're not digesting, absorbing and taking those nutrients in, then it doesn't really matter. Our gut, our digestive system has to work. And when you have these symptoms, your body's talking to you, your body's telling you that there's something that's not quite right. And until you stop and listen, it's just basically going to get louder.
0: It's probably so, the most frustrating thing I get from my female friends. They are confused by the fact um, I eat, I, I barely eat and yep. I'm having salads for breakfast, lunch and dinner and yep. I, I'm doing all the right things and I'm still bloated and yep. I'm still achy and I'm yep. and, I, and I'm still moody. I don't, I don't know what am I doing wrong? And then yep. what they end up doing is they end up giving up and it's off to McDonald's. Because it's right. like, you know what, forget it. If, it if, if eating healthy isn't helping me, then I'm yep. not gonna eat healthy. That's yep. the frustration, I hear it almost daily.
1: Yeah, and I lived that when I was going to college Uh, in when I lived in England that's where I did all of my training up until I moved back to Canada in 2001 but I remember you know going through college and eating all the right things I was like I have never been gassier in my life this is ridiculous and it wasn't until the class on candida and fungus that someone said anyone with this situation can really have a hard time digesting what we call the healthiest foods. So instead of having that beautiful salad, it's almost like you have to take your lettuce and your spinach and your kale and throw it in, in a quick frying pan with a little bit of water and wilt it all. And as soon as you do that, it helps to break it down and makes it easier on your digestive system. So oddly enough, there are times where I have to tell people to cook all their food and you think, huh? (laughs) <laughs> I thought people on on a raw food diet were like the healthiest ones out there not necessarily so this kind of comes back to people finding, you know, the newest diet and following it and thinking that you're going to be healthy. Mm-mm. We're all individuals, and that's where speaking to someone like myself or a naturopath, that's where you get the really specific information for what's going on with you. And this is does not a like, you know, a one trick pony where you just start cooking all your food and everything's better. Or like the woman that I've been helping lately, sure, she got a little bit better with that. Professionally with that good probiotic, but there's still more work to be done, and this can take three months, six months. It can take longer, and nobody likes that because as soon as you start working on something, you want it to be better, like now. So there's a lot to be said, uh, a lot to be said on that, but a little difficult to to, you know, to talk about, or maybe sometime we'll do a podcast where I'm actually talking to someone. And I thought about that this past week, or I'll actually have someone on live if they're okay with talking about what their issues are. And then I'll break it down. So everybody else can hear what the steps are that I take someone through more in a consult in a one on one situation. Very you know, cool. If, yeah. if you like the sound of that listeners let me know because we'll you know we'll set that up and i'll i'll see if i can find someone or if it's you if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you have your hand up already and you're going <laughs> me, me 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 then then let us know and then we'll do we'll do something like that knowing that we can keep you anonymous and we'll just sort of talk you through the situation and let's uh you know and let's look at that
0: This is Eat This with
1: Leanne. Okay, so um, where was I? All right, let's talk about the last thing, which isn't really to do with your belly, but it kind of is that rash of that bumpy skin that can show up on the back of your arms. Maybe it's on your thighs. Sometimes it's on kind of your lower back and on your bum. It's called keratosis pilaris. Some people call it chicken skin, and it kind of looks like permanent goosebumps. Most articles, uh, well, it says you can't do anything about it. Just ride it out. One day it'll go away. Well, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? But I've definitely seen an improvement along with some changes in diet and adding in what's deficient once again. In my experience, it's a sign of essential fatty acids or EFAs or the B vitamins. Again, a deficiency here. EFAs, those are the essential fats that we need to get from our diet and why I always say eat some nuts if you can, seeds and lots of fish. How about you maybe add in some flax oil or some hemp oil to your smoothie? Maybe you use it in your salad dressings. Even adding things like hemp seeds and chia seeds to your blender when you're making your smoothie or sprinkling them on your morning cereal or your yogurt or your smoothie bowl, that might help too by incorporating chia seeds, broccoli, and dark green leafy vegetables into a salad or a dinner plate, or having some chia pudding for breakfast. Well, that can enhance your natural ability to absorb these really important nutrients food sensitivities, they can add to this issue. So maybe think about how many eggs, for instance, that you eat, how much gluten are you having? And what about dairy? I know that those are, are the top food sensitivities. Uh, but before you go and just take all of it out, especially something like eggs, if that's your main protein source, then find someone to talk to just to see what you can swap back in again. And uh, you, you don't want to end up being deficient because you're trying to sort this out. It's a, it's a tricky balance. And Like when I talk about fish, when was the last time you had some tuna, some salmon, mackerel, herring or sardines or even trout? They're the richest in essential fats. If you've paused to think, uh, I don't know, does that white fish that came in, you know, some batter or something like that count? Mm, No, not quite, but nice try. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you can head over to my book, SproutRight.com, because I've got some great recipes in there. The maple salmon, which is tremendous. The pesto trout and the salmon burgers are incredible. And know that if you don't like salmon, that you can substitute it for tuna. I know there's a bunch of you out there that just hate fish anyway, your body has to have these good fats. It's desperate for it in so many ways. So taking a fish oil or a vegetarian version, if you don't eat fish at all, like my, uh, my Take This Omega Boost, that has helped so many of their, my clients with their skin, but it also improves their skin. Otherwise, like their dry skin, it improves their mood, their memory and their concentration all at the same time. So for this situation, for these crazy bumps, when you think, God, would you just go away? Doesn't matter what cream I put on it, doesn't matter how much I exfoliate. So you can try the Take This Omega Boost, the Vitamin B Coenzyme Complex, and the Bio Boost. Remember, all these notes are on LeannePhillipsen.com, so you can get them all from there. <music> So how's all this sitting with you? These are some more signs of deficiency that you may or may not have known about. And hopefully now you can take your own health into your hands, not discounting medical professional advice, of course. I keep saying that because I don't want this to take away from you talking to your doctor but make some some slight changes here and there and see if you feel better. Isn't that what we all want? To just feel good and not cringe as you feel your skin or hide as your belly feels like it's been attacked by a bicycle pump? The enzymes that break down our food and even those key nutrients like vitamin B and the zinc that are needed to make them in the first place, well, they gotta be in their diet and we aren't magically gonna make them. In fact, if we don't have them, we're just gonna be deficient easing these uncomfortable and embarrassing symptoms, while well, it just makes life a little bit better. Even, you know, even if it's just one step at a time. And let's face it, we all need that now and always. So this is an episode that I know that you might want to share with others. If you're someone who's in that elevator or in the car and you're dealing with that gassiness, or maybe I just wrote it for Chris and I didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these are for people that you live with or maybe that you've just experienced a bit too much of their gas wafting up your nose pass it on so i want you to subscribe i want you to rate it i want you to share it that's our ask of you and thank you for letting us fill your ears and your head with these new concepts that you may not have have come across and of course as i say every week eat this one mouthful at a time Any
0: information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at sproutright.com or leannephillipson.com.